1: Welcome to Ramp's Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek Ciapala with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower coming off a 43-35 loss the Philadelphia Eagles at home today. Not feeling well. The emotion is draining. How are you doing, Norm? Oh, the same way.
3: You know, emotionally this was a tough game to watch. It was a good game to watch. Uh, Lots of great plays. Lots of good play on both sides of the ball. Lots of offense. Unfortunately, a lot of injuries. But, you know, emotionally very draining. Fortunately for us, the Seahawks lost, so that's uh, Jacksonville just may have saved us a, a big problem, uh, depending on what happens next week. So, but I agree, emotionally draining game to watch for
1: sure. All right. Well, in terms of the injuries, let's go ahead and cover those first. Per Adam Schefter, it appears that Carson Wentz, the Eagles quarterback, may have torn an ACL. Apparently, he's left ACL. So, you know, we don't wish any ill will on any opposing player. This man's a star in the in the making here, so we hope uh, well for him. Who else went down today day for the Rams?
3: Kayvon Webster is out with a torn Achilles, done for the year, and probably done for part of next year too. So the Rams he, Rams are, are going to now be really sh- uh, shorthanded in the uh, secondary. If we if you if you didn't think we were
1: already, we expected the Rams to make a move maybe in the draft for a cornerback, and I guess now they're going to have to and I think maybe it changes what they do with Tremaine Johnson as well. So, uh-oh, that changes a lot of things. Also, Whitworth went down today, Andrew Whitworth. Uh, we, he came back in the game. Rob Havenstein got nicked up as well. Uh, Tremaine Johnson left the game late after trying to knock the ball out. Almost got a penalty for that one, too, on a launching play. He did take a critical penalty, which we're going to have to talk about that, that may have cost the, uh, the Rams a game. So let's just start with the numbers. What do you have?
3: Jared Goff went 16 for 26 for 199 yards and two touchdowns. Todd Gurley rushed the ball 13 times for 96 yards and two touchdowns with the longest run of 30 yards. Cooper Cup, five receptions for 118 yards and a touchdown with a brilliant 64 yard play along the sidelines. Gurley had three receptions for 39. Uh, My prediction was a little off. Sammy Watkins had three catches for 21 and a touchdown. And, uh, we had two sacks, Brockers and Robert Quinn. On the Eagles side, Carson Wentz went 23 for 41 for 291 yards, four touchdowns and an interception. We didn't allow a 100-yard rusher for the Eagles. J.H.I. had 15 rushes for 78 yards, Clement 6 for 24, and LeGarrette Blunt 7 for 12. Smith was their big receiver for six receptions for 100, and they had two sacks on us as well. The real... Skewed number for us, as we talked about earlier, was the time of possession. The Eagles had the ball almost twice as long as the Rams. 39 minutes and 12 seconds for the Eagles, 20 minutes and 48 seconds for the Rams. One of the key stats, I think, for the game, even though it didn't win us the game, was the fact that the Rams had many hits on Carson Wentz, uh, over 19, last I counted, and then the final one where he was injured. So, tough physical ball game. Uh, That's the numbers.
1: Ugh. It stuns I didn't realize that Jared Goff got less than 200 yards passing. I thought for sure he would have gotten more than that today, especially when the team put up 35 points. There were several things that happened in this game that I guess we can talk about that are the negative, but I do want to cover the positive. The Rams are down 21-7. but one thing I mentioned on Twitter, covering Twitter today, was, okay, we know how good the Eagles are. Now we're going to find out how good the Rams are by how they respond, and they did respond. They came back, they took a lead twice. They took a lead at at 28-24 and at 35-31. They had every opportunity to win this game. We know now this team is a team full of fighters. We know that they'll take the league's best to the wire. We also know that there's still some old Jeff Fisher. We saw a lot of stupid penalties today. We saw a lot of other things that we can complain about. But in terms of character and fighting back, is that what you saw? I saw a team that fights.
3: Yeah, uh, for sure. There were quality moments on all three sides of the ball. On offense, the Rams had some really awesome drives where they put together some, I mean, Cooper Cup on that one drive was phenomenal. Todd Gurley showed why he's such a star player in the league. And, and Jared Goff, although he didn't light it up, looked pretty good throughout most of the game. couple of Couple of interceptions he should have actually had that got dropped, which is lucky for us. But he he had people in his face all day. Uh, on defense, we we couldn't stop the pass earlier in the game, but a lot of that had to do with I think Kayvon Webster going down. And and it is the Eagles with Carson Wentz. They are pretty good. <laughs> and you know the second half, the Rams defense came out and played a lot better. And special teams, I mean, Bones is my hero. <laughs> The the Rams the Rams special teams played phenomenal today, so they they didn't look horrible on any side of the ball. They actually looked pretty good all the way around, and we took it all the way to the end. And unfortunately for us, two former Rams made some key plays that that really hurt us. One of them was Chris Long's sack on, on Jared Goff when he forced a fumble and in in field goal range already, and that definitely hurt us. And I'm sure that felt like some redemption for Chris Long and. And I had mixed emotions on my part because I've been a fan of Chris Longs ever since we drafted him, and it's just tough to watch. But when it came down to it, a couple of key plays happened, and it didn't go the Rams' way. The Chris Long fumble, Kayvon Webster getting injured, the bonehead penalty by Tremaine Johnson uh, when we had stopped him in the red zone instead of getting up, instead of holding them to a field goal, we ended up giving him a touchdown. All those things, any one of those, could have cost us the game today. So. We took we took the NFL's best record team deep into the fourth quarter, had a chance to win and didn't win it. So yes it's disappointing, but it's a hell of a lot better than last year's Rams.
1: Yeah, hell of a lot better. It's just not enough. And I just can't help as we get a little more detached from this game, I can't help but think about the missed opportunities. The seriously missed opportunities. The Rams had one missed opportunity, ahead seven nothing. To kind of set the stage here for the rest of the game. And the defense just didn't get it done. Three straight possessions there. We just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. The defense was not getting pressure initially in the game. I know you mentioned earlier as you're we we kind of getting ready for the show. Carson Wentz was, would you say he was hit 19 times? 19 times. 19 times. Okay. But in that first quarter, barely touched. Barely touched at all. And we saw the react, the, we saw what happens there. We saw what happens when he has time to throw. Eagles receivers do a good job of getting open. They have good hands, and they made plays. The running game was open with all that. So that lack of pressure in that first quarter, that lack of push at the line really hurt the Rams in that first quarter. Penalties, penalties, early penalties in the game hurt the Rams. Some bad penalties. Some penalties that probably shouldn't have been called. The holding, how about that holding call? On the on the girly run, yeah, that was a horrible call. Horrible call. And yet, for the first three quarters, you couldn't buy an Eagles holding call. They held the entire freaking game. They finally started calling in the fourth quarter, a little, little too late. At that point, they started calling in the fourth quarter. Eagles are holding all game. He pointed out on the uh, on the big run. I think it was on the right side of the field, number sixty five. Was it Lane Johnson?
3: Yeah,
1: for the Eagles, sixty five. Blatant holding. Blatant holding. Did not call it. Set the Eagles up for a touchdown. Officiating was was horrible. Uh, you know, how about that that field goal at the end there? The phantom leverage call, yep. no leverage. That was a, that was a bogus
3: call, and it ended up costing us time, which ultimately hurt us in the end. Uh, the, you could have called they could, the officials could have called holding on whoever was blocking Aaron Donald, probably twenty times throughout the game, and they didn't start calling it until the fourth quarter. I just don't want to sound like a whiner.
1: That is true. That is true. And so I, 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 but I do want to get that out there. The officiating this game, you know, it's okay to lose. We're going to accept this loss. We're going to accept this team taking on the chin. They lost to a team that was a little bit better today. That's okay. I don't want to ever have to talk about having to play two opponents. And there were times in this game when you felt like the Rams were playing two opponents. If you're going to call the game tight, call it tight all the way around. Don't, be unbalanced about it. And that's where I saw it the officiating. The NFL has to do better with that. Now the Rams, they hurt themselves too. The Tremaine Johnson taunting penalty. Dude, this guy's, how long, how long is he both, how, ah, oh, jeez, I can't leave the words out now, man. I cannot even express to you how I feel about him getting that taunting penalty. How long has he been in the NFL now? What year is he in? Uh, I'm not sure, but he was, he
3: was drawn into it. So you got to give. Uh, I don't, and I don't remember which player it was, if it was Alshon Jeffrey or who it was, but they got up and they put his helmet right in Tremaine Johnson's face, and Tremaine Johnson couldn't just let it go. And you've got to be mature enough now. He's probably in his fifth year, I think.
1: I want to say it's his sixth year. It
3: could be. I mean, by, oh my now, by now he should know how big of a play that is. And, you know, that cost us four points. Before the fumble ruski at the end of the game, when we were only down by two, those four points made a big difference. You know, the, the, the time on the clock that we lost, we lost about three minutes on the clock when that, uh, that phantom field goal call was made. Uh, those three minutes, we might have had another opportunity to score. There, there's a lot of things that you can point to in this game on why the Rams could have won and shouldn't have lost, but ultimately what it boils down to is that they didn't do what they needed to do when they needed to do it. Fortunately... The Seahawks lost. We, we owe Jacksonville Jacksonville a big thanks. And at the end of the Seahawks game, there was a lot of bad stuff that happened. And it's, it's going to be very interesting to see. And we'll go into it more in our, our pregame podcast about them. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens because they had two players ejected. Uh, Bobby Wagner went down with a hamstring injury so who knows if he's going to be around which he's probably the top get, vote getter right now for defensive player of the year. Uh, Michael Bennett pulled a cheap shot when they were in vict- when uh, Jacksonville was in victory formation, he rolled into a guy's legs on purpose which caused a big ruckus and he didn't get thrown out of the game, but two other Seattle players got thrown out of the game. One of them was actually fighting with people in the crowd. Not physically, but going at them, and they were throwing Cokes and popcorn and all kinds of stuff at him, and it was nasty. So this team took it on the chin today, and the Seahawks took it on the chin today, and it's going to be interesting to see who's available to play for Seattle, who's available for us to play due to injury, and how well we can go grow up and play Seattle, because if we don't win next week, we have a really good shot at not making the playoffs, And that would be sad after the season that the Rams have had so far.
1: Well, really, if the Rams lose that game, they lose all control of their destiny. They still have a very tough Titans team to play after that. And, by the way, the 49ers are playing better. So it's not going to be as easy as we think it is down the stretch here if the Rams don't win next week. We could be looking at a team that just a week ago was setting themselves up to possibly play at home in the first round of the playoffs, maybe even earn a bye and now we could be seeing a team that doesn't even make the playoffs. They could go 10-6, and six, not make the playoffs. And I don't mean, listen, folks, I'm not panicking. I don't think the Rams lose the rest of their games. But it's possible because these games are not going to be walkovers. Again, let me say it, not panicking. This is not panic mode because you lose one game to a very good team. But this schedule is going to be a little tougher than what we thought a month ago. The 49ers are playing better. The Titans are in positioning now we got three tough games left before the end of the season, and everything counts right now.
3: The Seattle loss that we took in the earlier part of the year really hurts us right now. If we would have won that game, and then we would have went into Seattle and lost, it wouldn't be as big a deal. But right now, it's a huge deal. If the Rams don't go to Seattle and win next week, they probably don't win the division. And uh, that's going to be... That's going to be really hard to take after the season that the Rams have had so far. The Cardinals played Tennessee tough today and actually beat them 12 to 7. So we have a good shot at beating Tennessee, but we have to go to Tennessee to do it. And the 49ers, as you say, are playing much better. Garoppolo's undefeated now. Two games, I guess. And, uh, we're going to be at that game and it could mean a whole lot more than we thought it was going to mean when we first booked the tickets. <laughs> so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Uh, right now, our season depends on next week. That's how I see it. We lose next week, who knows what's going to happen. We win next week, we probably win the division and we probably uh, go on to have a probably a first round bye. It's going to be tough.
1: Well, let's 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 back it up a little bit and get back to the actual game. Try and we don't want folks. We don't want to sound doomsday here. The Rams just took the Eagles to the wire, and we're kind of looking at all the things that went wrong. There were a lot of things that went right, especially in that third quarter. I think what we really saw from this game is that the Rams are going in the right direction. They are loaded at skilled positions. I just think what we're really seeing still is some growth in discipline. I think also what's really, what's really getting exposed here is death. Who's there behind Alec Ogletree? Who's there behind Kayvon Webster on a play-in and play-out basis? Who's there on the offensive line if Whitworth or have a sign get hurt. So the things that are getting exposed to me are depth issues, and those are things that will hopefully get fixed as time goes on. There's still a lot of maneuvering that has to take place in this roster going from this year to next year, but that's what I noticed. Depth. At the skill positions right now, the Rams have all the talent to be a playoff team, but before they can take that next-level jump, there, there are things to be done in the depth department.
3: I would agree with you. Williams came in and backed up both Havenstein and Whitworth and did, in my opinion, a pretty darn good job for having to come in and play both tackle positions. Uh, Roby Coleman and Troy Hill came in and ultimately did a pretty darn good job. Troy Hill did a great job covering the double moves twice in a row. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was impressed by that, and maybe he's growing. Roby Coleman stepped up and had some good plays.
1: Nice tackles.
3: Yeah, they didn't play perfect, but for, for depth, they actually stepped up and played pretty well. But is either one of those going to be a quality enough starter for a whole game? That's that's tough to say. And, you know, Alec Ogletree had to come out for a little bit. I don't know if he needed his brace adjusted or whatever. And And Hager came in and did a serviceable job. Not great, not horrible, just serviceable. So... We do have depth, but it's not the kind of depth we want. We want people that can come in and make impact plays at those skill positions. And so you're right. We're, we're going to be hurting the rest of the year if we can't stay healthy. We've been fortunate enough to stay pretty healthy throughout the year, but now we don't know what Havenstein's status is. Whitworth came back in and played, but we don't know how well he's going to be doing, uh, losing Kayvon Webster for the, for the rest of the year. Even though we complain a lot about him, he was our best, our second best cornerback. And to lose him is going to hurt us. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. With the games we have remaining on the schedule, it's going to be it's going to be a real test at how good our our backups are going to play.
1: You know, to give Cavanaugh some credit too, he's played very well since he came back from his last injury. He's played the thing a little bit above his head, and how well he's been playing. And again, I'm not trying to knock those guys in depth. I just think, like you're saying, I I agree with you. The playmaking on a on a down by down basis is not going to be good enough down the line to maintain just some added depth needed in the secondary. You no, know, I'm hearing rumors now, you know, what do you do with John Sullivan in the center position? He's, got, he's, he's wearing down here at the end of the year. Do you start looking for his replacement? What about Whitworth? Whitworth is up there in age. How long can you count on him? There are a lot of questions that are out there about the Rams entering this offseason because this year's solutions – Essentially, we band-aids to help us get to that next offseason. So where the Rams go? They have a lot of contracts to fix. And to me, and the reason, the whole reason we're talking about that right now, are those issues just kind of got exposed a bit more in this game, where we saw these guys get nicked, and we saw John Sullivan get run over more than once by Fletcher Cox today. Uh, it's something to really keep an eye on as we head into December and January and so on and so forth.
3: Well, obviously next year's draft is going to be key. The health of some of the players that we have. I think Whitworth will play another year. Uh, therefore, I think the Rams are going to have to draft a quality left tackle that Whitworth can can mentor for a year. I think Blythe can come in and probably play starting center next year. Uh, he seemed to do a pretty good job in the backup role, and he's young. So some of the positions we're going to be really in, Dire need for, and some maybe not so much, but definitely we need we need a quality shutdown corner. Uh, whether we sign one in free agency or we draft one.
1: And what do you do with Tremaine Johnson? I guess this now is where we go in the conversation. Tremaine Johnson hurt this team today. We've already kind of ventured there earlier in, in the show. I'm going back to him now. I'm fuming about his performance and that he will turn in some great plays, then get burned, and then do dumb things like a taunting penalty. Is this guy ever going to grow up? Is he worth the money to pay the big dollar bills going next year? And again, will the Rams even have a choice? Yeah, I don't know. That's
3: that's a tough call. I guess you have to look at who's available and are they as equal to and more mature than he is? And can we settle the problem in the draft and have a rookie come in? There, there's a lot of questions there. But fortunately, that's for next year. It's being exposed this year. I just hope that the Rams can can put it all together and and win out. If they can win out, we're good. If they can win two out of their next three games, we're good. But one of those games has to be against Seattle. So I'm looking forward to our pregame podcast because we'll have some more news as far as what's going on with our injuries and what's going on with uh, Seattle's injuries as well as maybe some suspensions. So it's going to be interesting what we do with our pregame podcast. But right now I'm still kind of an emotional wreck from watching this really fun game to watch, but it's always fun until the end and the results didn't quite turn out the way it, we wanted.
1: Yeah, it, it, it doesn't go the way you want it to. Real quick, before we move on, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsors over there at the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street, Westminster, California at nine two six eight three. Sal Martinez has run that shop since the day the Rams left in 1994. His shop is a museum of greatness, a museum of happy Rams memories and feelings and you name it. you got jerseys, you've got helmets, you've got pictures, you've got autographs. Go in there, get a great haircut, use the promo code RAMSTALK, have a great football conversation with the man, Sal Martinez, and also look at all the cool stuff he's got, all Rams, Give them a call, 714-894-7267. Again, that's 714-894-7267, promo code Talk. Also, if you want to sponsor us, we, we would love to have you on board. Emails at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. And finally, one more thing, contests. I will know if you are on our Facebook page. We are so close to 10,000 likes. I mean, super close. When we get 10,000 likes, we're going to go ahead and send out a gift card to NFLShop.com for you to go ahead and purchase some awesome Rams memor- memorabilia. Also, one 3 to 100 let me say again, 100 five-star reviews on iTunes. We'll do it again. So, check us out in both places. Show us some love. If you want some information about our contests, go to Ramstalk.net forward slash contests for more information. Okay, Norm, looking forward. How did the Rams get over today?
3: Well, they just have to keep growing and building and learning from what they did wrong. Tremaine Johnson needs to take a hard look at himself and, and say, hey, I probably cost us this game today. Uh, our injuries, our guys with injuries need to get better. And we just need to focus on playing the kind of football that we need to play and, and not falling behind early and not getting in such trouble early. there's just a lot. But ultimately, they just need to, to decide if they want to – uh if they want to make the playoffs or not. If they want to make the playoffs, they're going to have to go win next week's game. So they need to do everything in their power to do that.
1: Winning next game is crucial. There's a chance they could lose next game and win their their last two and not make it. It's that big of a deal they win next weekend. So I guess it's safe to say Jermaine Johnson is it our GOAT of the week. Safe to say? Yeah. Okay. How about our player of the game for the Rams? I'm going to go,
3: gosh, I'd go between Cooper Cup and uh, – and Todd Gurley, they both had great games. The screenplay when Goff was in trouble and Gurley hurdled that guy, that was impressive, fun to watch. And uh, Cooper Cup, you know, 100 yards receiving and a 60-plus 60, 60 yard play. Uh, I don't
1: think he had a drop-all game. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. I am going to go with Gurley. The Rams aren't in this game without him. They were able to claw back in down 21-7 to basically on his back on that, on that drive in the second quarter. We'll go with Todd Gurley, Philadelphia didn't have an answer for him until late in the fourth quarter, and that's because if the Rams got, for some reason, the Rams decided that's when they won the conservative. I have a huge problem, by the way, with the play calling. I guess maybe we'll say that for another podcast, but only giving Todd Gurley five carries in the first half, I think, is a, tra- a travesty, and it's a repeat performance. We've seen it multiple times this year. The Rams have to feed that man. Feed Gurley. Feed him lots and lots of footballs. Get him nice and fat on the football. That's not happening. And we saw what happens when he doesn't touch the football. He needs to have the football.
3: Well, and I knew you'd go with Todd Gurley as your player of the game, so I wanted to highlight Cooper Cup. That way we could get two guys in there.
1: Yeah, well, and both those guys deserve it. it. It almost feels to me like the a lot of the other offensive playmakers weren't quite there. It really was those two guys. Sammy Watkins had a couple of nice plays. But for the most part, he didn't seem to be out there and available. Those two those two players really carry it for the Rams today. And it would have been nice to see more guys getting open. It would have been nice to see more protection up front. I don't fault Goff, by the way, for struggling. He was under siege all day. So more balance next week. The Rams have to get better at their balance. I'm going to bet that's on Sean McVay's shoulders. And sooner or later, as a head coach of this team... He has to adjust to that. When he does, I don't see much that stops him. He's such a great coach and he just has to get over this hump of getting unbalanced.
3: Well, and you know, he's a rookie coach. Just like Jared Goff was a rookie last year. And he and he's come in as a rookie coach and we're at nine wins. So yeah, he needs to learn, but right now he's doing a pretty good pretty damn good job.
1: So Oh he is. He is. I'm not down him. I'm just if there's a weakness in his game, that's where it is right there. He loses balance when there needs to be balance. You gotta have that balance in the forest, young paddle one. That's what we want to see. And once he does that, I don't think there's anything that stops his offense. When he is able to find that groove where he is getting the ball in Gurley's hands, getting it in Robert Woods when he comes back, getting it in Watkins' hands, getting it out there to Cooper Cup. Who's gonna stop this offense?
3: Yeah, it's gonna to be tough. If we can get our offensive line to give Goff more time and, you know, Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, all those guys get more time with Goff, we're gonna be really, really tough, especially with Todd Gurley in the backfield. We're gonna be a, we're gonna be a gauntlet for teams for quite a few years on offense. And, uh, you know, some key things on defense that we have to work out is getting a, a another good two or three corners and, uh, getting Aaron Donald under contract.
1: And how much they pay him and how they work that contract is going to affect what they do well. So there are a lot of different contracts uh, that they have to work on for this offseason to even be ready for the draft. Though we can't forget that in this upcoming draft, the Rams don't have a second-round pick. So there is some maneuvering they have to make to get the most out of this draft, and they lose that crucial number two. And what happens if they lose Watkins in free agency and they also lose that pick? Yeah. So – you know, I almost feel like they have to re-sign Watkins just to justify losing that pick.
3: They do, uh, and I agree. And I think he's becoming more worthy of that pick, and I think we'll see that as the season goes on. I honestly believe that if Goff would have had more time in the backfield today, I think you would have seen a lot more of of uh, Watkins catching the ball down the field. There were several times where he was open that Goff just didn't have time to throw to him. So I think it's important that they get him signed and uh, they've got to figure out what they're going to do with Aaron Donald. And they got to figure out what they're going to do with Tremaine Johnson. And th- there's a lot. Most of it's involved in the defense. Not much to worry about offensively as far as contracts is concerned and stuff, except for Watkins. So it's going to be interesting what happens in the offseason. We'll find out how good Les Snead and, uh, and Coach McVay work together. They've done good so far. We'll see how they do this next year.
1: Well, and yeah, we have to give Snead some credit. It's kind of weird this podcast was meant to focus on the game, and we've kind of been a little bit everywhere today. I, I'd give that just the fact that we're drained. I think I'll, I think if you're a Rams fan right now and you're just getting off watching that game, your mind has to be going in a million different directions because clear ours are. We're looking at the future. We're looking at the, the things that went wrong today. We're looking at some of the things that went right today. Overall, though, I guess in a closing statement for me, the Rams just aren't there yet. We know they're a good team. We know they're a very good team. But we also know that they're not not—they're not quite to the place where we can call them elite. But they're not far either. Now, it's a question of how the Rams will, what they're going to take, what action will they take to become that elite team that we know now they can be. At least that's what I'm taking from this game. That's, when we wrap this whole conversation together, I think that's the main idea here. Our main idea is we're seeing all these things, and we know they're close, but they're also just not there. They want to be elite.
3: Go to Seattle and beat Seattle in Seattle. Win out in Tennessee and close out with a win against the 49ers. That tells me that they're becoming an elite team. That's what they need to do. And they need to focus every bit of their energy right now on the Seahawks. They need to get healthy and they need to go up in a really tough place to play and they need to beat them. And if they do that, then all, all of the emotional stuff today is forgiven. But they've got to do that.
1: It was a little uncharacteristic. We've seen this team get a little bit better with their emotions over, the, you know, since last year and the year before. They've moved away from the Fisher immaturity, and then it reared its head today at the worst time. I hope though we can see we continue to see growth overall. If we can keep seeing that, then we'll move beyond this game and we'll see uh, just a brighter end to the season. Well, it's about time for us to close down the shop. Really quickly just want you to be aware we will we will probably have at least one extra show this week. We have a couple of really nice guests coming on. The Legion of 12 podcast from Seattle, Corbin Smith will be on the show for our midweek pregame podcast. We also have a couple of our guests coming on as well for another podcast. So fingers crossed. Let's hope everything works out. Norm, do you have any closing thoughts?
3: Well, the sky's still not falling. The Rams played a, a tough Philly team today who came out and won the game. Uh, We had some bonehead mistakes, but all in all, it was a great game to watch, and uh, we played an elite team tough, and next week we're going to go face another one. So just learn from it, get better, get your players healthy, and get up in Seattle and get a win.
1: All right. There you go. It's all about Seattle now. Expect a lot of focus from us on Seattle. We'll bring on Corbin Smith and Legion 12. We'll come here and talk some Rams football. Hey, we may even show up on their podcast. You never know. Four norm high tower. This is Derek C. Apollo for Rams Talk. Peace out. Adios.